Hello troops, Tom O'Rear, getting ready to drop the next instalment of the Granite Zero podcast, but what I like to do is fucking refuel myself before I do so. Get those electrolytes in me, get that protein in me, and where do I go for that? I go to Combat Fuel. Combat Fuel is a veteran-owned, veteran-run company that gives its profits and proceeds to Help for Heroes charities. But you're saying, Tom, I could do with a little bit of a discount, mate. Just a little one. Why don't you go, order your protein, order your creatine, order your top-quality sports supplements, and in checkout, put the promo code WARRIOR15 and get yourself 15% off at checkout. You're welcome. And what you're saying is, Tom, I need a decent T-shirt. I need something good to wear to the gym. That's what you're saying to me. So why don't you DM me? And get yourself a limited edition Granite Zero t-shirt. Why not? Rock it. But after all that, you're like, oh, I'm fucking tired. I need to perk myself up. I need to get myself a nice cup of coffee. Oh, fucking hell. Tommy can help you out there too. Go to the Dead Mammoth Coffee Company and get yourself some roaster order coffee. And not only is it roast to order, so you roast it how you want it, you can get it grind down specifically to your tastes. Treat yourself. And you're saying, Tomo, it just sounds like too good to be true. But it's not. Go and see the Dead Mammoth Coffee Company. Get yourself a decent roast to order, specifically ground to your taste coffee. And fuck me. It's a veteran-run company as well, so get amongst that. But today is a special episode of the Granite Zero podcast, and I'm fanboying out. I am all sorts of excited. I've got a fucking semi on. Can't help it. Sorry. But me and Little Brown, the Brothers of Destruction, the Legion of Doom, the fucking D-Generation X are going to be interviewing and chatting with... Not only the former Cage Warriors champion, but now UFC contender, Jack Tank Shaw. What the fuck? And I for one can't wait. I've been a fan of Jack's for fucking years. But without further ado, it's time to get amongst the Granite Zero podcast. Check it Hello, Charlie Charlie One. This is Granite Zero. Yeah, just just can't see you, mate. That's all. Perfect. Your your Gary Good admin that you have. There he is. All right, boys. First of all, welcome to the podcast, Jack. Thanks for coming on. How you been? You've been training this morning, is it? Yeah, I've trained, um, trained early doors, about half a set ever. Um, and then just two, two privates now. Uh, do this now, and lock the gym up then, and then back this afternoon. Fucking never stops, does it, mate? No. no do you know what I was doing this morning? So, I was there get, telling the missus, I was like, I'm getting ready. I've got fucking important podcasts today. 
I'm really looking forward to it. She went, oh, can you go up in a loft and get the tree down? Fuck off! Fuck off! Then she was sat there, she sat there and watched me do it all. Yeah, you got it, Jack, mate. You got it. Darren, have you got your headphones yet, or has Lana got them? No, no, my headphones are not, not coming today. Not yours, mate. That's why. <laughs> Do you know what? I proper fanboyed out yesterday, so I actually watched your little documentary as well, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Did some research. Yeah, I was doing the research. No, 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 that's old, though. That's got to look for two years old. Yeah. Years, you need a new one, mate. Uh, he's, uh, he's a big shot. Uh, Star Wars and stuff like that. So, oh, is uh, it? <laughs> you know, you know, I'll fit me in this schedule sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, got you. Yeah, I, I was probably watching it, like, I was like, fucking hell. There's a bit where your old man was saying that, like, you don't seem like you're nervous at all. Is that is that just something that you've learned how to control, is it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I learned it as such. I just think, uh, I don't know, I just think I'm one of them people who... I sort of rise to the occasion, then rather than rather than feel the weight of the pressure, I sort of feed on it a little bit. That's what I mean. I, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean. Even for the last fight, uh, obviously being in the UFC and something you've dreamed of for years and all that, and, and then the warm up and the walkout just felt felt normal. Really, didn't I didn't feel extra pressure on nerves. If anything, enjoyed it. Don't you genuinely enjoy doing what you do, though? Don't you? Yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, when when, when you do, uh, you do four sessions a day, six days a week, and, and you're dieting and you can't eat what you want, you know, you've got to sacrifice time um, and your family and your friends and all that. You know, the, the fight itself, once you make weight, the fight itself is, is meant to be the fun bit. So I don't see the the the, the idea of getting worked up and pressured and nervous for all that. You know, it, it, if, if I was the case, I probably wouldn't do it full time as a job because. It wouldn't be enjoyable to do, you know. If I if I hated the thought of fighting, then I would have to do all this training, all this dieting, and counting down the days to to something I'm dreading. It wouldn't work. So I generally look forward to the fight day and, and the the atmosphere and the build up and everything else that comes with it. So it, it's I think that's why I um I don't ever struggle to perform when the lights are on because I, I just find out I do in the gym. You know, it's just another night at the office rather than. Seen it as this big occasion, where all this pressure before, it just doesn't go like that for me. That's fucking. That's, yeah, a, that's a hell of a mindset. Similar, quite a few fighters over the last god knows how many years. There is a difference in personality with um, with fighters. You've got the guys like Brendan Sharp, who who states weekly on the fighter and the kid that he absolutely hated the fight day, and I think like just as a a spectator, you see the difference then between a champion and somebody that's just, you know, okay at fighting. They they can get off good at fighting. Going through the motions, like, aren't they? You you listen to like people like yourself who's been a champion. You listen to I don't know John Jones. He, like you enjoy the actual fight. The, the fight is 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 the prize at the end of all the sacrifice. Yeah, everyone's never makes it quite to the top. They're you know they they are good at something, but it's not something that they genuinely enjoy. Yeah, everyone's different, and they obviously like. There's I obviously I'm I'm a big um, GSP fan, and then you listen to him, and he's the same. He dreads like he said he can't sleep the night before. He's 
he gets sick with nerves. But you know, he's he's obviously arguably the, one of the one of the or if not the best best fighter there's ever been. So I mean, as compared to different, these boys in the gym, um, you know, like Jack Tucker then, for example, Jack Tucker's a monster. But he, he feels the nerves on the day, and he feels the pressure. You know, with there's a, there's a couple of boys that I, I don't feel the pressure. I don't think you know people like Oban and Marshman don't show a lot of nerves whenever they feel it inside. I don't know, but I mean everyone's different. It's not necessarily. I think it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're nervous, you're, you're not going to perform as well. I just I suppose it's how you deal with that nerves. Like obviously GSP's saying he's nervous, but it also doesn't affect his performance because he comes out and glitters everyone. Um, with it's obviously been been instances in the past where certain fighters are nervous and that's affected their performance. You know, they froze up and they haven't performed or they were in the gym. There's so many good gym fighters, probably, you know, even, even in our gym, out there, there's boys who you watch them in the gym and you think, you know, are we doing all winning world titles and stuff like that? But some people just struggle to perform as well under their lights. It's, it's a mad old game, really. It's not, um, it's not as simple as everyone thinks just getting in here and fighting. There's a lot of... So it's a bit like... I feel like, Rick, like Ricky Atten said, isn't it? It's not a tickling contest. No, exactly. It's, uh, you know, say, oh, I, I, I love that a little bit. It's like, you wouldn't trust me, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad, though. Uh, do you think it, it helped sort of growing up the way you did in, in the gym? Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously, even not in the gym, but when my old man um, used to fight, you know, semi-pro and, and when he went pro, I was always around him on the fight day. You know, I'd always go in the change room, watch him warm up, walk up to the cage with him. You know, I never missed one of his fights. So I suppose being, yeah, and, and even even going on from that, sort of when when he opened the gym up, and, and you know, Marshman and Dez and Martin and and all the old school boys were semi pro and amateur. He, I was always out the back, so I'd watch him warm up, watch him have the hands wrapped. So I sort of knew the atmosphere and the the mood. So I suppose looking consciously at the time, I was just enjoying. You know, being around it all, but looking back, it probably did prepare me um, better than most people because I just I used to being around it, you know, growing up in the gym with the boys, and then growing up at those shows, you know, at the back, even the smaller shows, just what just watching them warm up and stuff like that. Obviously, before I even had a fight, I knew what the crap was, you know, before before I got in it. Do you um, here's one for you because I'm um something that stuck with me since I I first got involved with anything to do with MMA. Um, I was cage side uh, with Dave Coles, uh, and we were cornering Chris, and he said that it was the most nervous he'd ever been, being cage side rather than even being in the fight himself. I was watching one of his friends and one of somebody that he trained, and having no control how how the fight would go. Do you? Because you've obviously cornered a few few of the boys. Do you, do you get nervous? Cornering, or is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm exactly that. I'm a lot worse watching the boys, um, you know, whether it's in the corner or watching it from the crowd, watching the boys fight than I am myself. Like, um, you know, Mar- Marshman, Ors, um, Martin, all the boys I've sort of grown up with. Even, even Oban, like Oban's in the team, even watching him in his last fight, I was nervous. And not nervous because I don't think they got the skills to do well, just nervous because they. They're your friends, and you know you you care about them, and you you know you go on training and sparring every day. We, we you know you don't mind you don't mind giving them a slap in the gym, but you don't want to see no one else do it. So <laughs> it's one of them ones. It's like I'm always worth watching them than I am for myself. It's like you said, it's um you got no control over it. When, when I'm in there, I, I got 
about if I'm out of control over what's going to happen in the fight in the sense of I, I can control my own actions whereas as well trained as they are I, I can't control what they're going to do I can't control what the ref's going to do what the opponent's going to do so it, it can be tough sometimes watching your friends I mean it's, it's different when you want no emotional connection you watch UFC all day but when it's one of your friends and they, it, it, it can be a tough sport to watch yeah definitely <coughs> excuse me see I was going to say something, but I know that fucking Darren's going to take the piss here. But when you're talking about um, nerves and things, I, I boxed for the Air Force, right? And uh, it's only an amateur level. But my first fight, I was thrown into the deep end. I was fighting a heavyweight when I'm fucking five foot six and built like a fucking weed at that time. They threw me in because I was at a camp and my, my legs had gone before I even got in the ring. I was like walking down. I was like, my legs don't feel right. The guy fucking, the guy TKO'd me in the second and I literally hit the deck and I was like, I don't even think I can stand up here. But then a few years later, like a good few years later, I ended up doing one of those white collar fights. And I think that that previous loss had like made me sort of immune to the crowd being there. The crowd was a lot bigger. It was only about 2,000 people, but still. And when I got in there, you see, you saw the, the bloke I was fighting, and he, he just he was a bag of nerves, and I was like, I'm going to fucking paste you all over here now. And uh, all I could hear was Darren shouting at me, so uh, fucking it's madness. How, how different experiences like help you get through the next one, if that makes sense. So, you're undefeated though, aren't you? So, you're all good, innit? Oh, really, yeah. Well, it's like... People say, um... Yeah, people say that about being undefeated, but obviously I've lost grappling, grappling calms, I've lost amateur boxing fights, so I do know why it's like to lose. But again, that's, that's another thing that people say, um, you know, oh, how do you think you'll ever caught with your first loss? I think, well, I don't really... I don't really let it enter my head. Like the times I'd lost at the grappling comps, I used to go in there with the mentality of I'm going to beat everyone and win gold. You just, you cross that. It's one of them bridges I think you need to cross when you come to it. Like, I think you sort of let that get into your head before a fight. Then yeah. You're a lot more, you're a lot more sustained. Uh, no, what's the I'm looking for? You're a lot more suspect and I think you're more likely to lose when you start letting them demons creep in you and you've got, you've got a strong mentality. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to be undefeated for my whole career. I may pick up a loss here, but it's, you can't let that creep in your head. Yeah. Off like night and, and in the weeks building up, you've got to think, you know, you're going in there to win. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you're going in there, you might go in your lose because then you've already sort of half accepted the, yeah. the outcome. You don't want to accept that you're going to lose. As soon as that's creeped in your head, you're already fighting a losing battle because you're fighting against yourself and then you're fighting against the... The geezer that you're fighting against. Yep, I said geezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it's mental. People, people say it, but a lot, like it is fifty percent mental. And more than that, you can beat yourself up before you go there. Sometimes, if you can conquer your own mind, then and, and just leave it down to, to your physical ability, or even having more mental strength than your opponent. Sometimes you may not necessarily be the, the better athlete or the better fighter, but if you mentally stronger than them in the sense you can keep going when you're tired and they can't then sometimes that, you know that, that's going to take you a long way as well you can be the most skillful person in the world but if you haven't got good mentality and good mental strength then you're not going to you're not going to cut it at the top it's, it's, it's harsh but that's, that's the truth of it well the mind is primary isn't it like it, that's, that's, it, that crosses all sports isn't it the, 
your brain will carry your body kicking and screaming through a hell of a lot more than your body will allow you to do. Yeah, I, I always seem to say your, your body is going to quit on you a long, a long time after your mind quits. So, yeah. you know, like, even as simple as, as going on the, on the treadmill, you, you might do sort of, say you do an hour on a treadmill, your body, you, you know, your mind's going to get off now, you, you had a gut for your tire, get off. But if you switch that off, you know, you, you, your body can probably carry you for another half hour until, until you can't go no more. Not saying you need to do that every session, but you don't want to be on the treadmill to the point where you can't, <laughs> where you can't do anymore. But in a fight, you need to have that mentality of, Definitely. I'm going to keep going until my lights get put out or until I run out of time. You can't have that mentality of, I'm, I'm fucked, I'm going to, I can't more, he beat me, he got me beat. Because that's what happens, you feel when you beat them, you got to have that mentality, I'll keep going until I either get put out or and, and, until, you know, time runs out on me and I run out of time. That's as simple as that, like you said, it's, your mind will, your mind will quit a long time before your body does. Yeah, you definitely... So, um, just to break around, because obviously Sean's podcast is uh, is about mental health. Um, well, not just about mental health. About mental health. That's um, how it started. How do you, how do you think um, martial arts um, helps in terms of uh, mental health and depression, etc.? Because um, I'm a big believer in keeping yourself physically active, etc., eating well. Um, but obviously, where you live, and it's quite well documented with um, with some of the boys that have been down, well, started down the gym with shakes, they, they really turn their lives around, and not necessarily through mental health, maybe just through bad life choices, but have you seen many cases of people that struggle with um, any sort of mental health problems get, you know, sorting themselves out through the avenue of martial arts? Uh, yeah, I mean... It's tough to, like, obviously you don't obviously know what's going on inside um, a lot of people's head. A lot of people can be, be struggling and yeah, I suppose you wouldn't know about it, but I'm, I'm a big advocate of healthy body, healthy mind. So like you said, um, you know, keeping your body fit is going on. Obviously, eating well, you know, avoiding negative choices in life in the sense of, you know, drinking. I'm not, I haven't drink all there, but drinking, drugs, stuff like that. Oh, I know, mate. I know. <laughs> 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 but drinking drugs, stuff like that, you know, make, making the right life choices. But being in the gym and keeping yourself fit, you know, not not constantly getting stuck in that rut is obviously going to do wonders for your mental health. I mean, there's um, I don't name no names or anything, but there's boys down here who've been stuck in that rut. Then you know, once you get them back in the gym and, and you get them training and, and you get them focused on stuff, and you see them, they turn their life around. You know, regardless of the result of whether they win the fight, lose the fight, you know, win their competition. You, you see they're a better person for being in the gym. Um, and, I, and I also think as well, with, with a sport like MMA or, or Jiu-Jitsu, it's a lot different than sort of your football game or your rugby game because you've got to just focus on yourself in a sense. So you do a competition or you spar, it, it's just you and, and the person you're up against. So what I find is, no matter what's going on in my life, like where I've got a lot of stuff on outside, where I've got a lot in my head, for the hour or the hour and a half I'm in the gym or two hours each night, all I'm focused on is what's going on there. It helps you shut off from the rest of the world. And I think um, what a lot of people who, who tend to suffer maybe with mental health could, could, could use a bit of that in the sense of it helps them shut off on the negativity and the stress of the outside world. For that hour and a half a day, they know when they go through the gym, that, that, that's it. All they've got to worry about the, for the night is 
who's going to try and choke them out from an armbar or, you know, how, how tough the session's going to be. Are they, are they going to make it through because it's, the cardio is going to be tough, you know? Are they going to improve their technique tonight? It, it helps people switch off. And honestly, being a, it's a team sport, don't get me wrong, in the sense of you have a team, but because it's individual in the competition sense, you can hold yourself accountable for your actions, you know? So no one's going to force you to come to the gym every night because you're not part of a team that needs you to play a certain position. You know, you come on your own accord because you want to bet yourself and I think a lot of the boys when they get in that mindset it helps them stay mentally strong as well as obviously being physically in shape as well definitely definitely. I always feel better after I've been to the gym or been for a run or what have you so I, I, I'm the same as you guys firm believer in healthy body healthy mind you know well I think it's proven obviously you know how many times do you wake up in number one and you're going to go for anything? Oh, I can fucking do about this today. I did it this morning. You don't want to go and contemplate yourself or oh, should I stay in bed? Should I go? Should I stay in bed? You get up, you go for a half hour, 45 minutes, you come back, have a shower, you do a brand new thing on top of the world. So, you know, the the evidence is pretty much there that as bad as you, you know, you might feel shit before going, but as long as you, you know, you go and get it, then you will feel better after it. You know, you speak to all the boys who train at the gym. Guarantee 100% I'm going to say come out and they feel better than what they did coming in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I run a gym for 15 years. Um, well, two different gyms over 15 years. And the amount of times that you see people literally turn their lives around, even from just lifting a few weights. And I'm, you know, I'm not even comparing it to, to what Shakes has done or anything like that. But, I, you know, I know for a fact it's a thankless job as a, as a coach. Yeah, well... Mark is the best example. I mean, he won't mind. He won't mind saying it. Been said in the times before, like before he started doing any sort of training. My old man, you know, he was on the wrong path completely. He, was, he probably would, if he didn't find martial arts and, and obviously the army, he probably would have gone to jail because he was getting locked up for fighting, you know, drinking all the time, stuff like that. With you know the the sport and, and just just adding some of the focus on in, in an area which is nothing nothing to really do outside of. MMA and football, then you know it, it put him on the straight and narrow all them years ago. And you know, he'd be the first to tell if, if he didn't take it up when he did, he'd probably end up in jail, he'd probably be in jail now still. So, it, it, like you say, it's definitely, it's definitely a success rate to it. You know, it's not just people saying it to try and as a way to try and get you in the gym, it's, it's been proven time and time again yeah. in the world. Um, with uh, with Jack, how. Because he's had he's had some disappointing results in the UFC as well as some good results. How how is he after the the losses? It's you know it's the same as everyone. It's tough. Obviously, you take a loss. You do you know some you work so hard then for for weeks on end. You done all this diet and you've been disciplined and then you know you you come up with a loss. Not just I have a in the gym and always fighting on amateurs. You see amateurs, you don't get down after a loss, but uh, you know. You can't, you can't let it linger over you. Like at the end of the day, there's more to life than just fighting as much as we all love doing it. And that's another mental aspect you've got to take on board. Is to win or lose a fight, it's not the end of the world. You know, I always think to myself, I'm in a lead of a fight. Well, worst case scenario, at the end of the fight, whether I win or lose, my family will still love me, my friends will still want to be my friends, you know, my real friends. Yeah. And then, it, just, it just shows who's, who's with you to... You know, the claim on who's, who's with you because they generally care about it. At the end of the day, like, life goes on. Yeah. It'll be different a week or two, I suppose. But, you know, you, you, you move on and you have opportunities to fight again and have opportunities in other areas in life. So he's obviously disappointed when he when he picked up. Like, that lost his last fight. He was devastated. But 
you know, here we are, six months down the line, he's back in the gym, training every day, and he's looking to, to get another fight, so he was probably cut in for a couple of weeks, but he, he's, you know, back now, like it never happens. Yeah, because every interview I've seen with him, this is this why I asked, is because every interview I've seen with him, he seems to sort of just brush it off, he's like, oh, I'm, you know, did my best, but we're, we're, good enough on the day. With Marshman, though, he's going to have that squatty mentality, like, isn't he? Is that his genuine um, reaction? Um, to to the loss, as opposed to what he's saying on on camera. Because I remember when like uh, Chris got absolutely like, he beat uh, a lad called Rob in Gloucester. I'm pretty sure you boys were there actually. Um, and okay. then he had a rematch with him and got absolutely battered. And I tried to condole him. After, it, it was a there was a, a string of events that happened before that. Um, we, we we had his now wife came into the the dressing room and I was saying uh, Dave couldn't make it for that one so I was sort of he had, he had a couple of training partners with him to warm him up but I was sort of I had to take the lead in terms of getting him ready um, and his his now wife wouldn't leave the dressing area and I was like no, she can't be here while he's getting ready he then got a, a phone call saying his car had got broken into and they'd nicked his stereo out of his car he then 15 minutes later had to fight he just what well, he wasn't the normal Chris. He got he, he got a bit of a hiding to be fair, and then afterwards it was so hard to sort of condole him, and I didn't know what to do. You know, I was only what would I have been about twenty five, twenty six, trying to condole a guy that's older than me, and also had had the bollocks to get into a cage and fight another man, and I'm just there as I'm a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> I didn't know what didn't know what the hell to do. So it's like, I, like I, I can't imagine what. I mean, I'm I'm terrible at losing as it is. Like even if I lost a, a, a footy match, that bothers me for the rest of the night. I'm, I, it's, I know it's a completely different thing getting punched in the face or strangled, but it's it, it's it's just a very interesting subject for me. Is how how a fighter deals with because you know you get some guys that will fight. The same person three times, twice they'll beat them and once they'll they'll lose, and it's like, how do you deal with that that one loss? Because clearly you're you're better than the other guy, but just on the night something happened, and you've got to now deal with that and get ready to go again. It's just, yeah, I mean again, it all comes down to the individual. Like everyone's different. Um, how I would deal with a loss is probably different. Well, Marshall would deal with a loss, which is probably different. Well, Josh would deal with a loss, which is probably different. Well, Martin would deal with a lot. Everyone's different. I mean, it all comes. I suppose it all comes down to, to you as a person. Like you said, you don't really know what to say. I've been in, in instances where you know one of the boys have lost. It's like what are you saying. You know, I tend to just leave it to shit. He's a bit wider and older than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes saying saying nothing is is the best thing you can do. You know, like I, I, you know, when I lost when I lost the boxing match and you know grappling things, sometimes you don't, you don't want to use the you don't want to hear, oh yeah, but you was the better guy and he was robbed and you don't want to hear that time. You just think, you know, something you need a couple of, couple of hours to, to let settle in and then, then go from there. Where, you know, some people will take a loss, they like to come out the there and address it there and then sort of thing. So, I mean, fortunately, I never picked one up in MMA, but that, speaking from like experience, but it is that, you know, I, I prefer to be left alone for a little bit, whereas, you know, I've, I've, I've been around Marshall when he lost him. 
I know he likes to talk it out with Shakes sort of thing, so I suppose everyone's different. Um, but again, Shakes is a good person to have around in instances. Like I just, he seems to know what to say and when to say it, or how much to say, and, and maybe when to hold it back as well. So I suppose he's got as much experience as him. He's a bit, he'd be a bit better question to ask about that one than me, because I, I just tend to be like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do what. His uh, his Facebook always cracks me up with his United posts. As soon as they win, as soon as they win, oh, they're the best team in the world. They're fucking brilliant. Oh, it's funny. It does crack me up. Oh, I was just I was just thinking Marshman must have the fucking typical squaddy mentality. He was paratrooper, wasn't he? Yeah, three power. Three power, yeah. So he's going on to do the H Hour podcast, I believe. I think they've contacted you as well. Who's that? The H Hour podcast, a sniper one. He, t- he told me, in fact, I'll quote. He said. Yeah. Well, you got you got your blue tick now, though, haven't you? So got everyone messaging you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what that's what it was. It's not what you know; it's who you know. But, but he was like, he was like, I've got I've got Marshman coming on. If you um if you speak to Jack for me and ask him to come on mine. You can, and his, his quote was, you can't have all the top quality Welsh fighters, you English cunt. I was like, oh! I was like, cheers for that. But I said, I'll, I said I'll throw it out there. Yeah, definitely. Oh, brilliant. So your gym is looking pretty fucking shit hot now. So uh, Jack's gym is looking pretty shit hot. Oh, did that come from uh, that come from the big bonus you got for for the last fight? Was it? Yeah, like, we we planned it now for a while. Obviously, our, our old gym was we've been here like near, nearly ten years and we cracked the facility, but we just outgrown it. Um, yeah. Like for the last fight camp, because obviously I was fighting um, on the UFC, and then we had sort of four pros on cage warriors as well as like two amateurs. So there was like eight of us out the back room sort of shark tanking at the same time and we just didn't have enough room as well as we had Brett coming up with a couple of the Swansea boys um, so we just needed somewhere bigger and we've been planning it a long time obviously with the momentum then of, of the UFC and everything because like, we originally took on the unit before the fight so it's like no pressure but <laughs> if we win this is going to go a lot better so it's like <laughs> <laughs> no pressure alright yeah, let's get a stoppage as well it's, it's, it's paid off it's, it's busy every single night I think we had Eighty on on the map. Um, oh, fair play, Monday, right? So you Darren know that all too well with our gym in Archways. It was like a big boom with everyone wanting to lose their weight and that. And then 
you sell them their weight management program and then they go, all right, they last for a week and then they don't fucking come back again. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. They want to get fit for a week and they think, oh, Yeah, exactly. You, you guys get that after the, the Cage Warriors and stuff, don't you? Everyone's saying, oh, yeah, I'll be down at the gym, shakes. I, I love seeing uh, shake statuses afterwards. He's like, um, he, he must get hundreds of people saying to him, I'll be, I'll, I'll be down this week, shakes, I'll be down this week. They're all coked out their heads or pissed up. And then, <laughs> He just finds he's a chit chat. Back to back, mate. We were co- covering each other's six. So you got your mum to wash your coat? Yeah, she washed all my stuff. That's fucking brilliant. I've a golden boy, I've a golden boy. She's waiting on me on the front of mum. That's a bit like Darren with our mum. Excuse me. It is true. Favourite. Darren's a favourite because he's small and brown. Nobody knows where he came from. Um, so I went to the bar at one point, 
and obviously there was everybody that was dressed like they were stuck in 1996. Yeah. Everybody but me and Berth, who just had a hoodie on. That's because <laughs> Berth was Berth even born in 96. See Liam. Full kit wanker is what they went. Darren knows all about. <laughs> Darren got Darren got Larry at the Chili's and he dropped a fucking teenager. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that. A one bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Did I do any current events? Second. Do you say, did I do any current events? No, do you, do you want to discuss any current events? Oh yeah, sure. Of course. You're the producer, mate. You've got all the fucking gem there. I'm the talent. I'm trying to tell you this every week. I don't do any work anymore. I started it. And me and Darren are twinning outlet. Go for it. What you got? 
Guy Rose, Joe, Guy Rose. He's the chef, isn't he? The chef with the spike, yeah. Well dead. How did he die? He's well dead, mate. Unfortunately. Good chef. I've got, uh, I've got one for you, Jack. Because, obviously, we've got... Um, our, our mum's Welsh and our not-stepdad, because we're both nearly 40. Um, <laughs> he's Welsh as well. With all, this, with all the politics flying around at the moment, for, like, an area of Wales, being South Wales, that's, that's known to be relatively poor, they've got quite conservative views. They're really into the Tories and... It's because Corbyn's um, a cunt, mate. Oh. Jeremy Corbyn being a terrorist, etc. He yeah. is a terrorist. Is, is that like a common thing around all of South Wales? Or is don't, don't forget, Mike, uh, Mike will have that from being a squaddy. John, John Wise, I mean, I'm not big into it. No, I, I could give a shit, really. I, I mean, I, I had to ask my missus the other day which one is Boris fucking running for, so I showed her how much I know. Yeah. Um, but, um, I don't get into a lot of people are like you on Facebook are against Boris because of the NHS thing, but... That's a fucking cunt as well. I also know as well that, that a lot of people in, in, in my sort of area uh, educated by a Facebook rather, rather than actual facts, so... That's like know, most people, I think, Jack. Like, I've seen, um, so for example, I've seen, seen online that People obviously complain about the the tax might be going up, and uh, some fucking idiot throwing there that um, yeah, but you're paying twenty percent tax on eighty k. So if you're in eighty one k, you'll be paying only be paying fifty pound extra a year. I was like, yeah, well that's all well and good, but if you're in hundred k then, so you could be forty percent tax on your eighty k. You were in hundred k, you got to pay forty percent tax on the extra twenty k, which doesn't make sense to me. So. It's like, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't care who gets in. It it's not going to affect me massively in, in any way, you know, there. But like I said, a lot of people need to learn that they know I, that Facebook is not always true. Just because it's a post on Facebook about it doesn't make it a fact, you know, that they know that uh, if, if you want to be involved in it and, and you want to have a, a good debate about it, then that's fine. But do, do your research and, you know, don't, don't just watch the news and listen to what they tell you on Facebook. Search some statistics. Like... I'm not a big Donald Trump fan. I don't really, I don't really care how good he is or how bad he is. But from what I can make of it, they, they give him a lot of slate in the in the media and online. But then when you look at the the facts and the statistics, they're a little bit better than, than what you know. He's doing a little bit better than what people like to make him out to be. But you know, not just some racist who wants to build the wall around around the Mexican border. You know, he's, he's doing other stuff as well. Like so, if not for me, politics, we like probably shouldn't take more interest. But I don't. Um, but it, my thought is, if you're going to do it, do a bit of research that doesn't involve yeah, you Definitely need to do some research, like... Our mum's a big one for it. She shares everything on Facebook. It's like, mum, have you actually read that, or...? Because <laughs> that, that doesn't mean anything. The funny thing about mum is that she spends her entire time, like, she, she'll put a post up every time there's an election or anything political going on saying, I don't care about your political views, don't share it. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Facebook back 
Too many. She's a bit leery about everything. You fucking. It's the Welsh. It's the Welsh, isn't it? You can't just go, right, I should be in charge because I eat all the pizzas. I eat them all. Yeah, definitely. Thicker than a Snickers. <laughs> oh, speaking of um, whitest people ever, so my missus's cousin is basically the whitest person ever. Like, oh, oh, he's got a rotund face. Put it that way. got very samey, didn't it? Yeah. Just stay where you're safe and defend it. Stop moving on. He, he li- you could literally put his face on a pizza box. That is, that is part of the job. That, he, that is actually his name. But yeah, what I was saying about Kate's cousin, his name's Jack as well, but he's like transparent he's that white and he's got like proper platinum blonde hair. My missus is a hairdresser and he came up to her the other day and was like, He's going through that awkward stage where he's 15 and now thinks he's black. And we've all been there. We've all been there. And uh, he showed a picture picture to me, missus. I've been there. I thought I was a fucking gangster rapper. Um, and he basically had a jerry curl, this bloke. It was all faded in, jerry curled, and all tight. And my missus like, right, I'm not being funny, Jack. You need to just calm down a bit. And she was, he was like, why? He went, well, you haven't got... Afro-Caribbean hair. Like, you never, unless I permed your hair, you would never have it. And he went, well, perhaps I want to perm then. What? what? When is that a thing? I see a lot of, um, sort of, a lot of lads coming in the restaurant with permed hair. Yeah, there's a lot of perms flying about now. It's not okay. It's not okay. Uh, no. Stick to the feed and the fringe 
That's all you need. Can't change it. because mine's got the same fucking badge. One bit in the game changes where he says. Meat just tastes too good anyway. One of the biggest things that they said um, 
um, the the average person would benefit from going vegan. And it's like, yeah, well, if you take the, the stable American diet of like KFC, McDonald's, and just in general shit food, if you go vegan for a couple of months, you're going to feel fucking great. Yeah, well, it's like people in the gym are like, oh, not in the gym, sorry, people on Facebook are like, yeah, I've, I've, last, I've done it the last few weeks and I feel way better. I said, yeah, but what did you eat in before you went? Exactly. Exactly. Like McDonald's and pizza and every night. So now, you know, now you've gone vegan for a bit, you clean your diet up, you have felt just the same. It's just a couple of salads and some, some chicken and rice a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because like, you've eaten shit before and now you've cleaned your diet up. That's important. That's why you feel like you've got more energy. And, secondly, pretty much every food that's readily available for the body this, you know, this beer I eat is a carb source. So you've got to feel the energy from smashing carbs if you <laughs> All the carbs, all of them. The, 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 uh, I've, I've only watched snippets of the documentary itself because I can't, because I would literally, I'll have to turn it off if I watch it, because even even though, you know, our Schwarzenegger was on there. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's got a monetary interest in that. He has, yeah. So he's got a supplement yeah. company with LeBron James. <laughs> Being vegan's better than Viagra. Shit. Ridiculous. There's loads of documentaries. You what's that, mate? You got anything else? Have I got anything else? I was just I was just about to say there's loads of shit documentaries like that on the fucking Netflix though, in there. There's that Beyond, Beyond the Curve is one of them that I discussed a few podcasts ago. The, the, the Flat Earth. And they, even at the end they proved fucking they proved themselves wrong, but they were like, Oh, we're still gonna get funded to find out it is flat. It's like it's, it's shut up. Yeah, and I saw something on uh, Twitter the other week where they said that uh, there's got to be some truth in all conspiracies. I was like, well, apart from flat Earth, obviously. Exactly. There's a. Oh, go on. But the, the, there's a obviously the huge one at the minute is the old Epstein killing himself and Prince Andrew being a pedo. But who cares if he did fucking kill himself or not? He's a pedo. Yeah. 
At the end of the day, he was still trying to get children. Yeah, and with with fucking Prince Andrew, who was his advisor that went, yeah, go on that show in America? Yeah. I could guarantee the Queen is definitely not happy with him. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Step back from public um, activities, like, no shit. Yeah, no shit. Here, one of his fucking things, he said, um, it couldn't have been me, because I don't sweat, because I stopped sweating when I got my adrenaline rush in the Falklands. <laughs> Shut up, you idiot! <laughs> it must be, must be true. <laughs> must be true. You're gonna, you're gonna, he's gonna disappear into nothingness. He's going to end up in some sort of fucking island somewhere out of the way. You found something yet? You found it. Oh, you're determined to get me kicked off shit. Okay. Okay, so here, I literally, I follow her because Ricky Gervais started following her and I read things and it makes me so angry. Like, um, Jackie beats the restaurant, you know, when the patties go onto the grill and you can hear that. Yeah. That's what I can hear in my ears as my blood is boiling as I read through this person. <laughs> um, so, here's one for you. I'm not a massive fan of Christmas myself. Only because it's like a busy period in my life until Christmas Day, and then it's brilliant. But the build up to Christmas for me is like stressful. I've got loads on. But it's brilliant, mate, because you grill turkey. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All I want for Christmas is for everyone to boycott Christmas. Oh, fuck off, cunt. Are you going to get out for Christmas and everyone boycotts Christmas? Silly <laughs> <laughs> <Tell you> bitch. <laughs> Gotta be. I identify as a vegan. What would you want to identify as a vegan anyway? Fucking ridiculous. Again. Not again.
<laughs> Definitely. Van der Bluff. Yeah. Does that not mean bluff, as in bluffing? No, no, bluff. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, you literally spend. Half of your day is spent reading posts on Twitter. handle these people we're related to one of those people as well you know when did it be when did it become a thing that it's you could just do anything to be famous is is a thing now I meant in general, like. In, in terms of going back to like the vegan thing, um, could be trans, could be, could be anything. I think with the internet, I think what's happened is a small group of people can make a lot of noise, and they can get a lot of likes, shares, etc. So they'll they, they start off with like I'm vegan, so I don't like I don't like uh, eating meat or don't like the the fact that animals are getting killed. But they move from that to everything has to be um, an argument. Yeah. yeah. So, so I jump on to the next thing, which is, I don't know, I'm vegan and I'm, I'm going to be an activist for, for trans people. Or I'm going to be um, anti-Trump all at the same time. And they, and they just constantly, they can't just be, oh, yeah, I'm vegan. Yeah. It's all gone. My daughter's not quite at the age of that yet. She's still 
because she, she'll post a picture of her slip-up saying that she got that for, for her birthday. But going up, you, I mean, I, I work with people who you, you can see that they, they've literally posted a picture and it's like, you, you know what you've done and, and I'm not going to say what the post is, but I, I can guarantee you boys will know and will follow some accounts maybe that all of a sudden... So I'm trying to get me in trouble, mate. A lovely yeah. bum, though, I'm um, sure. For the video podcast, I can't do the pose, but it's a bit like this. <laughs> That's it. Is that the one with like, the s- where they do one straight leg? One straight leg, and then. I've got an ass for it, I'm telling you. It's like. Fucking. It's standard issue woman pose. I bet you, I bet you her name is something like Carol Dash Lifts, or something, it's always, or Fitness. No, this, this person's not, No. Uh, one for snaking. <laughs> one for sliding into the end. Did you get any, any weird DMs? Yeah, he did, he got, he got some from me. Oh, cheers for going on, Jack. Cheers. That's all right. Work is work, mate. It was a good, it was a good hour and a half, almost, or an hour. Awesome. Yeah, cheers for that, Jack. Tidy. <laughs> I said tidy then, mate. What a fucking down-to-earth guy he is. He's fucking. I'm fucking well happy. That's still recording, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm just saying I am on the uh, on the old pub bean. But yeah, mate, fucking what a lad. There's literally no fame has gone to his head at all. He's fucking. He chokes people out. Yeah, how he does. Oh, he he's got a squeeze on him, mind. Yeah, watching that. Oh yeah, yeah. And he said this. He said his lad just came in in his grey joggers and his t-shirt, just did a bit of rolling. And he said he was like, "Oh, it's about your size, Dad." He said, and he, uh, I, I couldn't put my hands on him." He said he literally was like he was like a <laughs> he was like an eel. 
Webby is what every man should be. Apart <laughs> from, sh- hey Webby though, apart from you got shit hair. Just saying. Let him crack on, innit? Brilliant, though. I fucking thoroughly so, enjoyed that. Little story in that. No, I just think he's fucking super switched on. His fucking mindset is fucking. It's all there, innit? Yeah. And. I can only I can just see him going from strength to strength to strength. Hopefully, he gets another fight soon. Yeah, I, I was I was going to cry on that, but I thought it's the same as when um, whenever I see see Jack, whether it's like at a gig or if he goes into the restaurant and stuff, people like, oh, I should have got photos. Like he's at the end of the day, like he's not a close mate of mine, but he's a mate of mine. Yeah. I don't want to be doing that, and I don't want to be prying into. Because put it this way, if, if John has got a fight and he could talk about it, he would have talked he about said, it. He just said. Yeah. And the same as like, if Jack wanted a photo of me at the restaurant, he'd come and get a photo. Yeah, exactly. You know what I, mean? I, I think the best, the best thing with people, especially people that are getting famous, is. Just normal. Don't, don't well, he's just—he like, just seems like a typical down-to-earth fucking spot-spot spot on guy. Like, you know what I mean? He does—he doesn't know me from fucking from Adam, and I slid into his DMs asking him to come on the show. Luckily, yeah, he knows you and you fucking. But he was like, "Hey." He did say that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So. To be fair, it, I did say, hey, it's Darren's brother, by the way. Wink, wink, smiley face. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, um, that was a, a learning curve for, for both of us in terms of podcasting because it is, um, it's different when you've got somebody that, is, like, I mean, Jack is a, is a top athlete um, and, you know, Potentially, now you might get other top athletes. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I've got. But it's, it's 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 difficult, isn't it? And I think um, like for this one, I didn't have what I normally have, which is an agenda. Yeah. Like stuff to talk about. Um, purely because I I was sat probably fifteen twenty minutes before we started recording, and I like. I love the Joe Rogan podcast, and he always says it's better to just have a yeah. conversation. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I think. Have a, you might have a couple of notes, but I think having a more of a genuine conversation where you're not constantly going, oh, what's that? Yeah. I, are you, 
Do you, what are you doing today? So, so I, just have a conversation with him. Have stories you're, about you you guys going to the gig, fucking me fanboying out, watching his documentary yesterday. Yeah. Taking the piss out of my missus, making me put the fucking Christmas tree up. Her, her, her fucking excuse was she's allergic to it. Well, why do we have it then? Get a real one. She's looking. The fake thing apparently brings up in a rash. No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. You just fucking sat on the sofa having a cup of tea. Well, I got all sorts of fucking hot and bothers. I have to get up in the fucking loft and get it all down. Yeah. So, going forward then? That's fucking brilliant. Well, t tomorrow I've got Alicia, Emerson yeah. Thomas, coming on. Um, I can't produce that one, sorry. Yeah, so I, uh, she, she's, not, she's not coming on until half eight now. She's busy. Um, but that'll be me and her having a, having a chat, discussing her new podcast with her mate, um, and basically stuff that's going on in her life and all that sort of stuff. So that, that should be good. Um, she does loads of stuff for uh, mental health and all that. So that'll be a good one. Um, and yeah. Try and get some more guests on. Um, like like a... Um, fuck me! The soles on that fucking spider! Fuck! That's like fucking a dinosaur! Ugh. See if I can get it. Fucking hold on, where's the fucking spinneroony? Where's the spinneroony? Can you spin this fucking thing around now? Can you see that? Can you see him or is he gone? Did you see him? Mate, it was like the size of my fucking hand. I've got to live in here. Oh, anyway. <laughs> on that note. Anything else you want to talk about or should we call it a day? Yeah. Yeah, sure. It, I'll have to try Vimeo as well then. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, cool. Sweet as. See you in a bit, mate. Fucking brilliant podcast. Ciao. So, troops, what a fucking brilliant episode of the Granite Zero podcast. I cannot believe that I had Jack Tank Shaw on my podcast, chatting away like we were fucking best mates. Um, but yeah, like I said, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, um, I will have Alicia Emerson Thomas on the show, and I cannot wait for that either. So guests are coming in thick and fast, and I am loving it. So, once again, to everybody that is joined in for the podcast, thank you very much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your fucking love and caring about me and fucking all that sort of lovely stuff. We're off on a bit of a tangent there because I'm fucking excited and I also need a massive piss. So, without further ado, I've been Tomo. As we say in the regiment, per arduo, yeah? Through adversity, I'm Tomo and I'm out.